Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. With today's special guest host, Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome back. Uh, hour number one of the Gabe Coon Show. Joining us now, he is the voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. Eric Hasseltine joins us here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Eric, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Happy to do it, Sparky. How you doing, man? Doing really good. I, I was uh, reading uh, the Daily Memphian uh, earlier today, uh, and it, it appears uh, that uh, practices are going to be a little bit different under Taylor Jenkins uh, this year under the coach. Uh, have you noticed anything different? Um, no, because he's kind of closed them off. I think he's trying to do some things differently and um, and keep them even. You know, look, we we had access to them in the past. Um, I'm sure it might lighten up as the season goes along right now. I think he just wants to implement some things and try to get these guys focused back on basketball. And I, as a broadcaster, I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. Um, I know some guys are big on going to every single practice. Some guys are big on being there every single time. I know their system. I understand what they're doing. I can talk with the assistant coaches on the side. And I, I think he just wants to take – everybody and get them back to a point where, and I'm guessing on this because I haven't asked him yet. Um, I, I think he just wants to get them back to a point where all the stuff on the side, all the stuff in the background, it, it becomes just, you know, I guess essentially white noise and uh, that, that background hum and, and, and get back to focusing on being the team they're capable of being, which when healthy, uh, which obviously they, they won't be all year without Brandon Clark, but when healthy or relatively healthy, they're one of the best teams in the West. There's no denying that. And, but, you know, as you know, we in the media sometimes get caught up on the drama and the stories and, and start thinking, oh, well, because he's having troubles off the court, he'll, he won't play well on the court. And I don't know that to be the case. If they're, if they're of right mind and focused on what they're doing, they're, they're really good. So um, I don't know how he's doing it. I know in years past it's been um, he's tried to give them as much freedom as he can while also being as disciplined as he can. I've noticed a change in him from year one to you know now where he's he's got a he's got a heavier hand and he can have a heavier hand and he should you know look Greg Popovich isn't warm and cuddly and, and at times would chew everybody from Tim Duncan to Mono Ginobili to Tony Parker out but he also they also knew he loved them and I think 
coming from that coaching tree. Mike Budenholzer is the same way, and I think Taylor can be that way. And as he told me in the first year, he's like, everybody's a little bit different, and I understand that nobody expects him to be Greg Popovich or Mike Budenholzer, but be the best version of himself. And I think as he learns and grows, um, you know, he's going he's gonna to make adjustments on the fly. And, you know, we forget this guy is one of the – you know, one of the younger coaches in the league and they keep hiring young guys, but at one point was the youngest. And uh, this is his first go round and it's gone pretty, pretty successfully. Um, and, you know, maybe the first real season of turmoil last year in terms of all the things that happened. And, and now they're going to try to come back from that. Considering all the sideshow stuff that the Grizzlies had last year for them to still end up as a two seed to me was quite remarkable. Uh, and, and that that was kind of uh, you know, impressive to me, considering everything they had to go through. But you know, you're reading up on some of this stuff. Marcus Smart diving for ball, Desmond Bain picks it up, dunks it, and their team wins. And whatever they were doing uh, in the practice, uh, him yelling uh, and getting on Derrick Rose, wanting to him be to be more of a vocal leader. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. During games, hey man, I mean Derrick Rose has been in this league a long time. This is the same dude that when he was in Chicago didn't want to call and help the Bulls recruit anybody because he didn't want to call and talk to any other players. Uh, and now again, this is all you know. A lot later in life, he, he's he's matured sure. and, and gotten older, but he's still not really an outspoken dude. And now you're asking somebody to to be more vocal. I, I hope it works. I hope he's that guy, but that might be a large ask uh, on the part of coach. Could be, uh, you know, Derek. Obviously, spending a year in Memphis, and he was that way with the Tigers. He's he's just not that. You know, there are guys that walk in the locker room and command a presence. There are guys that walk in a locker room and you know they're the best player in there and they're content to sit, put their headphones on and go prove they're the best player, but they're not going to tell everybody what to do or how to do it or, or anything like that. So uh, it, it, it works both ways, but, you know, with a guy that has that much respect from the younger guys, because let's be frank, a lot of these guys in the Grizzlies locker room grew up watching Derrick Rose at his peak. And so if he speaks, they're going to listen. I mean, once upon a time, this organization had Allen Iverson, and although it was at the tail end of, you know, Allen's career, he was after the time in Denver. I'll never forget a, a night in Minnesota, and we're fly, or we're driving to the airport, and Allen Iverson was in the back of the bus talking, and every player was back there, whether they were kneeling on the in the aisle or found a seat, he was just holding court. And whenever he spoke, guys listened. So I think that's what Taylor's trying to tap into. Um, you know, Derek has, by all accounts, bought into being here. Um, I, I hear stories from around town about, you know, him working with his son in local gyms and uh, who's, I think, 10 years old and a pretty solid player himself. Uh, but, it, you know, and he just is very friendly and very easygoing when that happens. And so, uh, you know, it, 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 it may be a big ask, but as the year goes on, it's not I don't think it's unreasonable to ask to try um if it gets uncomfortable and Derek doesn't feel like he wants to continue then you have to have that conversation but I don't think it's unreasonable to ask to try and you pose it to him as hey look these guys really look up to you I know it's not necessarily your personality but just say what's on your mind just let it rip and see what happens and and try it and if it's it's horribly uncomfortable then we'll figure something else out and and I know I know coach well enough to know that he's willing to listen if a player has an objection to something like that, but he's he's also wanting them to just give it a shot and let's see how it goes. We had Steve Ashburner on yesterday, senior writer over at NBA.com, and I, I brought up to him 
uh, that I thought the NBA gave Memphis a gift, uh, allowing John Morant to practice and travel with the team, even though he's not going to be allowed in the arena on game days necessarily, but still to be connected uh, and still to be able to be around the guys, I think is a huge benefit to not only the team, but also uh, maybe even more so to John Morant. Uh, what did you yeah. think uh, of that decision by the NBA? I thought it was huge uh, because you have two new guys in that backcourt that he needs to find. You ask him to hit the ground running after 25 games because this isn't an injury thing. This is a, hey, you, you made a mistake and you're going to pay the penalty. But for him to be able to build a chemistry, and maybe that's another reason why practice is going to be a little bit different, why they're going to do things a, a little bit more uh, closed-doored and, and, and more intensely than they've done, because when you hit that 25-game mark, you're going to have 57 games left. And as you know, with the, the, the way the West was last year, like you said, it was impressive they got the two-seed, but they were a handful of games from being a six- or seven-seed. And by handful, I mean like three or four. I mean, it wasn't – it was jumbled. It was, it was competitive. It's a gauntlet. And to be able to build a chemistry with two very key, very integral parts of the rotation with Tyus Jones now gone and Dylan Brooks now gone, to be able to practice that way for two months, yeah, he's going to be rip-roaring ready to go. If you just said, hey, you can't even practice with him, where, where's he going to get his game legs? Where is he going to get the the pounding? The even though you don't pound on each other in practice as much, but the speed of the NBA game, you're not going to get that in a pickup game. You're not going to get that in guys coming down to the gym on a night off. And you can't ask your teammates who've already practiced or played to, hey, I need to get this game together to get myself right, because then you're you're putting them in a tough spot. Now you can participate in everything going on, but the games. And to me, the other factor is if I'm a player of competitive nature, which I know Ja to be, that just lights my fire even more to want to get back, to be hungry when I get back, to be, all right, I'm never doing that again. And I I don't ever want to have to be sitting on the sidelines and watching the way I've had to watch. Injuries happen. You can't control that. This is controllable. Let's not, let's not have, let's not have this again. And, and, you know, lesson learned, hopefully, moving forward, but that, that competitive fire getting stoked by being out there and competing and seeing what this team's capable of once you come back. I, I thought it, it's a huge blessing. You're not wrong. We talked about it uh, at the beginning of the show before you came on. How important do you think home court advantage is truly for this team in the NBA playoffs? I mean, they've had it the last couple of years. It didn't really work out. Uh, I've always argued that I don't think home court advantage in the NBA playoffs is as big as it might be in the in the NFL, where there is a decided, you know, helping right. factor when a team's on offense. Um, in baseball, I don't think there's a huge benefit there either. Um, no. When you look at the regular season, everybody fights for that home court advantage. Uh, and obviously, from a ticket sales standpoint and the organization making money, I get it totally. But it's not end of the world stuff if you end up being, you know, uh, a two or a three seed and you have to go on the road for the conference championship series. That, that's, that's not end of the world. Well, I mean, it, this team's a great case for what you're saying, where it's not the, you know, the absolute. Um, I think last year it's tough to say that it, you know, it, it's unfair to look at last year, in my opinion, with what happened in the first round. This team was missing their two best offensive rebounders and right. arguably their two best defensive rebounders. And if you look at the difference in a couple of those losses to the Lakers, they pounded them on the offensive glass. Game one especially where they took – they took home court away and they never relinquished it. 
So on that note, like it's tough to say that because I think last year it did matter. Last year this team was unbelievable at home. And, uh, you know, they in consecutive years have dropped game one, and the atmosphere has been fantastic. They ran into a better-than-seeded Warriors team because they had to deal with injuries, and that's why the Grizzlies had the two seed two years ago. Had the Warriors stayed healthy, the Grizzlies would have been the three seed. The Warriors would have been the two. And, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that the Grizzlies weren't great. They were great, but the Warriors were just a shade better. They were battling with Phoenix all throughout until Steph Curry, ironically, hurt by Marcus Smart diving on the floor, misses 20 games, and then they realized the Grizzlies had passed them. They couldn't catch them, and they kind of hung it up. Well, they get game one, and they get game one in a last-second fashion, and, you know, Clay Thompson made a brilliant defensive play that I've talked about where no one's really ever said that enough, in my opinion, where he just stepped to the right spot defensively to take Jaw's angle away. If he doesn't, Jaw gets a layup. If he tries to meet him at the rim like a lot of guys would, and maybe that's because of his injuries, but he took the angle away. Jaw misses the layup. They win game one, and they lose in six. That goes back to seven. I don't think the Grizzlies lose at home. Maybe they would because the Warriors have a lot of experience. Maybe they wouldn't. We'll never know. Same thing with the Lakers. They come out. They take game one. Austin Reeves goes bananas because you're not thinking about stopping Austin Reeves that night, and he has a monster game. And that the Lakers never relinquish that lead back. So I don't think it's as important sometimes as, as teams make it out to be. I think with the way we travel now and charter flights, that, that takes away a little bit of it. Um, you know, like Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You said with the NFL, you got 80,000 people in a building and they're, they're screaming at the top of their lungs anytime you're trying to make an audible or, or you know call an audible or, or make a play change or a, 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 line, a, a shift in your set. Um, but I think, you know, when you look at the West, it's, it's one of those things where certain teams, I think do have it. Let's take, for example, Denver, it's tough to go play in that environment for them. Home court advantage matters. Let's take, for example, I don't Minnesota, not as much, not to knock Timberwolves fans, but even when they're good, they're not exactly the most rabid bunch of fans. They can get behind them. They've got good fans. Um, but I didn't that you know out of there when 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 the Grizzlies played them a couple seasons ago Lakers fans I think if the party's fun it's great Warriors fans are rabid Kings fans are rabid so it can be both but I think when you look at it for the Grizzlies right now the, the focus can't be home court advantage it's got to be let's get through the 25 and then see where the chips fall because I think the Lakers are a better team than their seed was last year they revamped their roster. The Grizzlies missing Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark had an impact. The Warriors are trying to make one last run at it. The Kings are going to be good. The Nuggets we know are going to be good. The Suns are going to be good. We'll see where the Clippers are. You know that the Spurs, the Blazers, you know, the Jazz were better than expected, but are they a real playoff threat? Tough to say. The Rockets, you know, so you're talking about Pelicans, Grizzlies, Thunder, who are young and, and now get Chet Holmgren back. So, 
when you do that, you know, it, you, you try to place yourself in the best possible position. To me, the, the more important thing is to be out of the play-in tournament, although it worked for the Lakers and it worked one year for the Grizzlies to get out of that uh, from a lower seed. I, you don't want those extra games if you can avoid it. So that should be, to me, the primary focus uh, with this group. But, you know, look, it, it's, it's always better to be at home. It, it just doesn't always work out exactly perfectly. Worked for the Heat in the Eastern Conference, too, that play-in tournament. Uh, what what about yeah, right. uh, the Grizzlies uh, when they're on the road? What, what kind of fans do they get on the road when you guys are traveling? It's better than it's ever been. I mean, it's and that's that's it's Jaw, and then it's the other guys too. Like there's a lot of guy, there's a lot of fans there wearing Jaren jerseys and Desmond Bain jerseys and all that fun stuff. So um, it's uh, it's a little bit of everything. So um, yeah, I. It, it's rapidly increased. Um, I joke sometimes, you know, if, if Zion Williamson is out for the Pelicans it, and the Grizzlies are down there and he's not playing, it's almost a secondary home game. Wow. So it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty fun to be around it. Um, you know, when we go to Charlotte, because that's close to Jaws hometown, I joke last year, there were, there were four or 500 people outside our hotel. Wow. I had to say, you know, I, I, I've got to get to that truck over there that's taking our bags to the plane, <laughs> and I've got to get back on this bus. Can you guys make a path for me, please? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me if I could, if I had extra tickets, I, I'd be rich, sure. you know. Yep. It, it, they're, they're a draw, and the NBA knows that. There's a reason there's not as many. Or if there's none, I don't, I don't think there's any national TV games in the first 25. Jaw is a draw. He has his own shoe line. He has sponsors lining up. Now, the things that have happened have obviously curtailed some people's wanting to be fans of him, and I get that. But I also think his play on the court can bring that back if that's what people start focusing on. So um, they're do, they, they do draw well. Um, I have friends after doing this for as many years as I have because I'm old. Uh, and, you know, having friends that have moved on from where we all grew up, it was a lot easier getting my friends tickets in, in, in their city than it is now. It used to be real easy. I mean, like you, you take Sacramento, for example, where I came from, when the Kings weren't good and the Grizzlies weren't good, I'd get 30, 40 people in the building if I just made the right phone calls. Now I'm lucky to get four. Wow. Um, so it, it's all part of, uh, it's all part of the, the, uh, um, it's all part of the growth of a, of a group that's fun to watch. That's good stuff. Uh, Eric Hasseltine joins us, of course, the voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, so I have Jeff Calkins on every day at 5 o'clock, uh, and he's a Buffalo Bills fan. So we talk some Bills football, and Josh Allen, in my comparison to him. It's easy to be a Bills fan right now. Like Calkins just front-running. You know, I know he said he grew up in Buffalo. <laughs> this is it's ridiculous. Like he, he started being a Bills fan when Jim Kelly was there. Didn't talk a whole lot about the uh, uh, who was the kid from Tulane they drafted Patrick uh, Patrick Ramsey that they had there for a minute. You know he he dug whatever. He's basking that glory. No, he's he's diehard. I know. Okay, so we we got to talking yesterday, and then I find out from my producer Connor that you're a Packers fan. But I yes. thought you said you're from Sacramento. Well, I'm kind of from Sacramento. I'm from originally from the East Bay area. So okay. about 30 miles east of San Francisco, a little town called Walnut Creek, uh, Danville, 
And where we lived, it was very, it was much more convenient to go to Oakland Raider games. And uh, so my dad had season tickets to the Raiders. Uh, we went to a lot of A's games, eventually season tickets to them. Occasionally a Warriors uh, game, but not often. We weren't big basketball fans till later. Um, but when the Raiders moved in 1982, I was actually at the last game. Kellen Winslow, I think, caught 907 passes for 47 touchdowns and 4,000 yards. And the Chargers just beat the brakes off the Raiders. And I just, I, you know, I remember being a kid being like, not heartbroken because the Raiders weren't that good that, that year, but heartbroken that I didn't know if I'd go, I'd never go to a Raiders game with my father again. And I'm, you know, 10 years old and that was our time. I mean, my, one of my favorite memories as a kid was getting the manila envelope in the mail from the Raiders. And I got to separate the actual paper yep. tickets and see who they were playing. Sure. Um, at that time, the Niners were coming into their own Bill Walsh, Joe Montana, you know, Jerry Rice hadn't gotten there yet, but was on the way. They won a Super Bowl after the Raiders won Super Bowl 15. And my best friend and I said, well, we can't really be Niners fans since we've always been Raiders fans. He elected for the Lions initially what? because of Barry Sims. Yeah. He, he, he loved Barry Sims and, you know, and or Billy Sims. I just said Barry Sims. My gosh, I'm thinking Barry Sanders. I thought you meant Billy Barry Sims. Sanders. That would have made more sense. Billy, Billy Sims, Sims was good no. too, though. Yeah. Okay. So Billy Sims, and here's this is the dumbest reasoning for kids being fans ever. He was a Billy Sims fan because we had an ice cream truck and we could buy you could buy like a football like postcard. And he got Billy Sims. And Billy Sims was awesome. There you go. Uh, and so he became a Billy Sims fan. I I think I got, you know, Harold Carmichael, so I like the Eagles for, you know, on the side. Right. Everybody was all of a sudden a bandwagon Niners fan. And one night we're watching Monday night football. And, you know, in the street, in street football, you don't run a lot of draw plays. You, you just Perfect. throw it. You just get one kid that can throw, one kid that can catch. And hopefully you have another kid that can catch and you count seven alligators and you drop back and you chuck it. And we watched the Packers play the Redskins in 19, I think, 83. Oh, the high score game was like 47, 46 or something like that. Yeah. Right. 45, like, yeah. And Lynn Dickey threw for like 450 yards. Yep. James Lofton was catching everything. And, and my buddy and I looked at each other and like, well, they're kind of cool. And their colors are the same as the Oakland A's. Let's be Packers fans. We had no idea where Green Bay was. We just liked, <laughs> we liked that they threw the football. So we became Packers fans. And then Mikowski came along and then. You know, and then it was Favre, and so he and I to this day is my, you know, my best friend growing up. Still, you know, we'll chat about it. He lives in L.A. of all places, so that's that's how that happened. Um, when the Raiders came back, my dad was asked about season tickets, and they wanted personal seat licenses and an enormous amount of money to go to a team that wasn't very good. And he's like, "Yeah, I think I'll just stay home." Uh, and you know, I, I've stayed with them ever since. It's a, it's a tough year right now. I'm. I'm, I know the Packers are sold on Jordan Love because they gave him the contract. I'm not quite yet. I know it's his first year starting, so I'm willing to give it some growing pains. But, um, I, you know, obviously we've been spoiled. They've had three opening day starting quarterbacks in like 27 years. So, you know, it, it's, it's easy to be spoiled, Matt. And the Lambo leap, that started in a Raiders game. That was against the Raiders. When Leroy yeah, right. Butler left Leroy into Butler, the stands, Leroy that Butler. was a Raider game of all things. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know. And I, I, that was always, you know, 
I still had a little soft spot in my heart and in my career, you know, when I was coming up as a broadcaster, I, when the Raiders came back, I covered them and I would be at the stadium and I would have all those memories come back and I would be in the locker room and I would see guys that were old Raiders. Like Fred Bolitnikoff was a coach and my dad was a huge Fred Bolitnikoff fan and there couldn't be a nicer guy. Uh, I was always amazed because this was 1999, 2000. After practice in Napa and training camp, you'd hear the speed bag going, a boxing speed bag. Like, where is that coming from? And you'd look over, and it's Fred Bolitnikoff just going to work on this thing like he's Rocky's next opponent. Oh, my. Dude, this guy's like 65 and pounding this thing like a professional boxer. It was one of the ways he stayed in shape. And couldn't be a more humble guy. Uh, My dad was a politician and told the story of there's an old quarterback named Daryl LaMonica who they called the Mad Bomber, and he would just chuck it up. And he just – Daryl was a big fan of Daryl, and my dad was at an event, and Daryl came and had autographed pictures of himself in his coat pocket. And Fred Bolitnikoff saw this, and he looked at my dad. This is why my dad loved him. He goes, do you want my autographed picture? My dad was like, well, yeah, sure. I love watching you play. And he drew a stick figure on a cocktail napkin and signed it. <laughs> was and it Bolitnikoff? Wasn't Bolitnikoff a stick'em guy? Did, did wasn't that one of his deals? He was. Yeah, yeah. Was, Lester Hayes was the big stick'em guy. He like right. bathed in it. Thirteen interceptions one year. They banned it, and I think he had thirteen the rest of his career. Yep. Yeah, that's so. that is wild stuff, man. That is good, good yep. stuff. I, I, hey, thanks so much for coming on uh, and joining us, Eric Hasselstein, voice of the Memphis Grizzlies and Packer fan uh, as well. Uh, Eric, thanks so much, man, and uh, have, have a good rest of your day. Hey, listen, we're there the 20th, the night of the 19th. I will be at Major Goolsby's if you want to come grab a beer. I, it's will, gonna be a, uh, I will get your number, and uh, we will hook up. Yeah, Goolsby's is one of my favorite spots. Um, love it. We're also in, like, some arts district. There's, a, like, a city works tavern or something next to a great breakfast spot. So we can do that, too. Let me know. Yeah. Love to buy you. All right. Yeah, all right, man. Sounds good. Take Spot care. Spot a cow yeah. on me. Oh, listen to you dropping Wisconsin beer references. Very nice. You can't get it anywhere else. No, you cannot. No, you cannot. That is absolutely correct. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, brother. There he is. Eric Hasseltine joining us uh, here on 92.9 FM ESPN. It is the Gabe Coon Show. I am Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. We'll take a quick time out. We'll come back uh, on the other side uh, and don't go anywhere. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.